Welcome to the Platform Podcast. On this show, we're trying to educate you about the American college system. We're going to be having college coaches and student athletes joining us, talking about the experiences in America, and hopefully by the end of the show, you would have taken away some amazing information. Enjoy. Cool. Well, look, thank you so much for, for being on here. I mean, as I said to you on the phone uh, when we spoke a little bit earlier, I'm just trying to educate as many athletes as I can about the college system and about, uh, you know, your program at Tarleton State University. And I thought it'd be great to get you on here. But before we get into that, I want to know a little bit about you and your background. How did you get into tennis yourself? Yeah, that's a great question. So I started when I was about seven or eight years old just with my parents at the park, kind of your typical, you know, little kid trying to get some exercise. Um, And then slowly but surely I started, um, you know, my parents put me into tennis lessons. Um, I'm from Canada. I was born and raised in Canada. Um, So my parents put me in an indoor club. I trained indoor my whole life. And then at about 14, um, I trained at the National Training Center in Canada. Um, and I was there for three years and I got my ITF up pretty high, about 130. Um, I was doing pretty good, but not good enough to make that jump to the pros. So I kind of turned my attention to college and I ended up playing at the University of Washington um, in Seattle. And so that's kind of how um, I got to college and how I learned about college tennis, because uh, in juniors, when you're an international student, it is pretty hard to learn um, about college, um, unless you maybe know someone very specific yeah. that, you know, went to play. So that's kind of how I got into tennis and, and played at a high level and then played, um, at Washington. Um, and yeah, that's kind of how I got started. Washington is such an amazing program. It was only a couple of days ago. One of my friends is the head woman's golf coach there, Mary Lou okay. Molfer. Yes. Yeah, so she's a good friend of mine. She came and spent some time here in New Zealand with me. No way, that's so cool. She uh, she was there when I played. I, I played from 2012 to 2016, so she was the coach there. She's Is she the longest-standing coach uh, so. at Washington? I think so, too. Um, and I was there when they won a, a national championship, and um, one of those players was my, my freshman roommate. So I'm very familiar with the, the golf um the golf team there and their success and also the tennis team I mean in the last few years at Washington um you know they've really made kind of that jump to that next level so it's pretty cool being an alum from there and and uh, following that team as well and I think that I bring in uh, I, I definitely bring that Pac-12 Power 5 experience here down at Tarleton as a coach um even though we are a new D1 you know I kind of pull from from that experience too so yeah so, I mean, Tarleton State University, it's a brand new Division One program. How exciting, as you mentioned, playing at a big Power 5 school. I'm excited to, to work with you because it's quite a unique thing to, to go and experience that kind of level of program. Now, you're a top junior as well. What kind of philosophies are you trying to like implement in your women's tennis program? Yeah, so we transitioned to Division One last summer. So this Past year, we played a full year at Division One. Um, to me, it was exciting because that's what I came from. That's what I played. I played Division One, so it wasn't a huge, huge jump for me personally. Um, but I think that there was a bit of a transition for my players. Now, thankfully, um, we brought in seven new players, 
and some of them were transfers last summer um, from Division One programs. So they already understood Division One, uh, but for those who uh, were transitioning, there was a bit of a growing period, kind of understanding um, there's just a little bit different expectations. Yeah. Um, not that the tennis level is necessarily that much lower because there is some really high level D2 as well. Um, but just that transition of that mentality um, and where the, the whole university as a whole is trying to go, not just tennis, not just the athletic department, but the school as a whole is trying to make a huge jump into you know, the mid-majors, but we don't want to be a, just a mid-major. We want to be a high mid-major. So um, for me as a coach, I think it was just pulling from a lot of that experience at the division one level um, and using that experience to explain to my players what it takes to play division one tennis and what the expectations are um, and how much uh, more it's going to take um, to be good at division one because it's one thing to make the jump but then you want to be good you want to win you want to compete um and we did pretty good so we moved into the WAC conference the yep. western athletic conference and we uh finished second in the conference in, in regular season play so uh for our first year it was pretty successful and thankfully we did have two players who transferred from division one like i mentioned um so they really really helped kind of bring that attitude and that energy and my assistant coach is also a former d1 player so uh, we have a lot of of kind of division one around us um and i think that we did really good so we're trying to build on that uh this upcoming year after growing up in canada and then tra and then living in seattle for the last four years and now being based out in the south how was the transition like climate wise for you? How are you finding it? Yeah, so that was really exciting. Um, so in Canada, there's a lot of snow. You know, I played indoor most of my career, uh, junior career. And then I went to Washington in Seattle and it was raining, less snow, but more rain. <laughs> yeah. um, played indoor most of my college career, to be completely honest. Um, coming down here to Texas was really, <laughs> that, it, was, it was great. I mean, personally, I don't, love the snow so uh okay good fit for you then. <laughs> yeah it was a really good fit to come down here um we don't have any indoor courts here we only have outdoor courts so we are a little bit subject to mother nature that being said in the four years that i've been here total um you know we maybe got a few weeks of rain where we couldn't practice like total you <laughs> yeah. know in four years so um it really doesn't really affect us that much but in terms of climate i mean for me personally, it's, it's a pretty big jump and it's uh, really helpful. Tennis is played outdoors, you know, in most parts of the world. Um, but, uh, you know, in Texas, we play outdoor tennis. So it, it's, uh, it's been a nice, refreshing change. And uh, I, I'm not sure if I could go back to Canada. That's, uh, <laughs> we, we won't tell my parents that, but it's, uh, I don't know if I could deal with the snow anymore. I don't think yeah. so. <laughs> well, it's a good place to be. I mean, the weather is definitely for the summer sports like golf and tennis. It's always a good place to be in Texas. Um, you know, the Western Athletic Conference has got so many amazing programs located all over the place. Yeah. How do you find it playing in different altitudes? Um, and how do the girls adapt to that? Yeah, so we, uh, we, this year, this past year, we went to Dixie State, uh, which is in Utah. So I guess that would be kind of the, the highest altitude school, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, we really didn't have any trouble, uh, to be honest. Um, you know, it, it's, 
the biggest adjustment is just traveling um, and being in a new city. Um, in terms of altitude, you know, it really wasn't a problem. The highest altitude I've ever played at when I was at Washington was in, uh, at the University of Colorado. Um, and, and there you can feel the difference. <laughs> um, but other than that, I, I haven't encountered too, too many programs where that would be an issue. Um, we did not go to Seattle this year. Seattle U is in our conference. That would be the biggest uh, you know, difference because they do play some of their matches indoors. Um, we, for the most part, play all of our matches outdoors. Uh, so to be honest, you know, we practice in the same environment that we play our matches in. Um, so that's really fun for us. Uh, but the Western Athletic Conference is a pretty great conference to be in. Um, we just uh, announced four new universities coming into the conference. They are all located in Texas. So there is that advantage for us. We're going to be playing more Texas teams. Um, so it, it doesn't really change much in terms of uh, weather for us, uh, unless you do go to Seattle. Um, that, that'll be our biggest, biggest game changer in the future. As you mentioned, it's a, it's a very fresh D1 program, which is exciting. I love, I love hearing of new programs coming about. It's a, it's a very exciting thing. And we spoke on the phone about, you know, you got a new women's soccer program that's starting up yeah. in August 2022. I actually just spoke to um, the head coach recently. So thanks for connecting us. I appreciate cool. that. <laughs> and um, what kind of facilities will these athletes get access to? Are there any facilities that are being built to supplement these D1 athletes? What, what's going on over there? Yeah, so two years ago, we actually built a brand new football stadium. Um, so the year right before we moved into Division One, we um, finished the construction of a brand new football stadium, a, a multi-million wow. dollar project. Um, and with that came a new uh, separate building, uh, like a clubhouse type, type deal, um, that has a new athletic uh, training room, um, some new locker rooms. Um, and, and so that was the biggest project so far. Um, we also have an athlete only weight room. So that's really helpful for us. Um, our tennis courts were recently resurfaced. We have eight outdoor tennis courts wow. uh, recently resurfaced. They're in the middle of campus, a super easy accessible uh, to everyone. They're right across the tree from the dorms. <laughs> so no, Lovely. you know, you, you can't be late to practice. No yeah. excuses. Um, and then we're seeing a lot of construction on campus. Uh, we're, we're rebuilding a brand new Olympic sized swimming pool. Um, and so we have a current pool right now. They're building a new one. So where the current swimming pool is will probably get uh, filled in and hopefully that can be athletic space that we can use. Um, other than that, there's, there, you know, in, within, uh, with the move to D1, there's a lot of talks about really much bigger projects coming in the works uh, with potentially a new basketball uh, court arena, like a whole new building wow. uh, in the works. And just a lot of buildings around campus in general are getting a really nice facelift, um, including the student center that's going to get a brand new um, dining hall area um, and stuff like that. So we're really, really well serviced here at Tarleton with a lot of um, really great facilities compared to a lot of other programs that I've, I've experienced and that I've seen. Um, but in terms of tennis specifically, uh, our courts are, are are next to none. They're purple, you know, which is our, our color. Um, there's eight of them, so we never have to um, fight for a court. 
um, and, and we, we don't have a men's tennis team here. So uh, courts are always there for us to use. And, and so we're, we're pretty well um, serviced. We have an academic lab as well in terms of academics. And again, we're re renovating a whole new building for, uh, for academics uh, within the next year or two. So lots of exciting things. I think that's the cool thing about moving to D1 is uh, you want bigger, you want better. And, and our athletic department has stepped up to the plate and, and they're doing that for us. So it's a really exciting place to be right now. That's brilliant. And you must love that color purple after being yes. at Washington. <laughs> I know. I got to reuse some of the old clothes. I got that, you know, didn't have a logo or anything. So uh, not, not complaining. Purple's a pretty good, good color to be wearing all the time. I can't complain. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, now, there, there must be a lot of athletes that contact you every day. What sort of stands out for you? Obviously, the UTR system over the last four years has just grown, but there are some countries where the UTR system is not as strong. Maybe there are not enough UTR events throughout the year. What sort of stands out for you for recruits? Yeah, that's a good question. UTR is a tool, um, and I think that I talk to a lot of my peers. Um, it's a starting point. You know, um, when you email a coach, um, I think that there are some major key points that you need to have in your in your email or in your first contact. Um, the most important, in my opinion, is is a video. If you don't have a video, it's really hard for me to gauge because then I'm going to put your name into UTR. And then that's the only thing that I can go off of. Or, you know, your ITF is uh, ranking is also um, just as good as, as UTR. But as an international student athlete, those would be the two things that we have at our disposal, UTR, ITF, and then a video. So I think that the video is the first thing that I automatically will click on um, if it's in your email. After that, um, UTR is, is important because it is a tool. Um, you know, on scholarships um, at our school, um, the lowest UTR we have will be a 8.2 next year, and that's with a good amount of results. That's with 20 plus matches plugged into UTR. Um, so I think that that's something to consider is just making sure that you do your research, making sure that you're a good fit for that coach, uh, but also just filming a, a, a video to me is, is really important. Um, and even more in, into that, a, a match play video, because yeah. you know we watch so many videos where they're highly, highly edited. Um, and I don't want to see you, you know, double fault 50 times, but I also want to see you hit balls and, and play points. Um, and I don't think that you should be winning every single point. I don't just want to see the points where you hit winners. I want to see what kind of mistakes you're making so that I, I need to know what we're working with. You know, are you going to be missing after every third rally or are you going to be missing every first serve? Like, where is your game at? Because that's my job is to, is to help you improve. Um, so I think that, you know, just, uh, even just if you go to play a tournament and your parent is filming you, you know, get your parents to film you and just, yeah. you know, click, click record on your phone. Coaches yeah. do not care about the quality of video. I can tell you that uh, they do not care about the quality of video. It's, um, for tennis, I would say match play and hitting on a hard court is beneficial. I'm not going to lie. Um, just because that's what we play in college. So, so that would be useful. If you don't have hardcore, don't worry about it. But those would be the, the few things that I would think about when you contact a coach. 
What are some red flags that you that are, are like turn off points for students when you're looking at recruiting them? Um, what are things that you don't like? Yeah, I think uh, not responding to my text <laughs> very quickly. That's a tough one. Uh, now we are in the US, you guys are in New Zealand, Australia. So there's a time difference. But if you don't answer a coach within 48 hours, that's a big turn. Honestly, honestly, yeah. like I luckily my athletes are good, but there's been good. a couple of situations where a coach has been like, hey, um, did your athlete get my message? And that is like the worst thing that can happen. Yeah, honestly, it's I not agree. great. I don't yeah. want to have to go to you. Um, you know, the, the, the recruiter to, to, to find the athlete. So that's difficult. If you're not interested in a coach, you're better off just telling them, Hey coach, look, I'm talking to some other programs. Um, You know, I'm, I'm either, I'm not interested at all, or, Hey, let's, let's contact each other in a month and see where I'm at with my pro we, you know, with, with my situation. Um, I think that that's just a a more upfront, um, you know, yeah, that's kind of the first red flag. Um, other than that, just, um, you know, telling a coach that your UTR is way better than it is. I mean, yeah, if you have one match under your belt, sure, I understand. But I think, again, sending that video is much more uh, worth it. And, and a coach will understand that you might not have the results or you might have not have the match play, but you better have a video and a game that backs it up. Um, and then just... Uh, you know, being on top of your school, that's, that's another really big deal. That's a red flag. If your grades are not on top, then sorry, there's not much I can do. I can't really fight for you that much if you're not going to help yourself. Um, yeah. So those would be the three things, I think. What about social media? Do you look at that when you're recruiting an athlete? Yeah, I think the first thing I do, you know, I'll plug your name into <laughs> Google right away. So I think that's uh, Google your name right now. Yeah if you haven't done so and see what kind of pictures are up there, see what kind of links are up there um, and, you know, clean that up. And if it's not all tennis things or if it's not all whatever your sport is, then um, you better fix that real quick. Um, I do look at social media. Um, It's happened maybe twice where I was recruiting an athlete and um, I got on their TikTok, you know, not, not, no not really creeping, but it showed up on Google. It yeah. was one of the first clicks and I clicked and I wasn't too impressed with what was there. Um, and that shut down right away. And I told them, I said, look, I'm sorry. Um, you know, and they tried to come back, say, well, that's just what I have on my social media. I was like, yes, but our, my reputation is at stake. Other people will be putting your name in and other people will be looking at that stuff. And also how do I trust that you're not going to be doing some of those things here? So uh, definitely social media is a big deal. Um, Having a presence on social media is a good thing. I would encourage that. Um, We're in a a new, new world. So if I can't find you on social media, I also find that a little weird. Um, Maybe, maybe that's just me, but I want to know that you're putting out the right kinds of things. And it doesn't mean you can't have fun. doesn't mean you can't have, you know, pictures of you with your friends. Um, Just be smart about it. I'm going to give two of my athletes a shout out. The one's a soccer recruit, one's a golf recruit. So first one is Lizzie Neal. She's from Nelson, which is a city in New Zealand, um, top of the South Island. And she's got two Instagrams. She's got a personal one, which is public, 
people can look at it just with her family, like what she likes doing. And then she's got a golf one, which is all cool. about her golf. And it's like her training videos, um, her at tournaments. The other girl is Aniela Jensen. So she's going this August on a soccer scholarship to um, Pacific. Um, cool. D1 just out of just out of San Fran. And um, she's got the same thing. She's got a personal one with her family. And then she's also got one with all her soccer videos, highlights of her scoring goals. And that's what got them the deal was that. It's incredible. Yep. Like yep. Um, both of these girls, you know, they work really hard. You know, Lizzie's going to Fresno State. Aniela's going to Pacific, two D1s, great scholarships, full rides. And um, it was their social media presence that definitely made an impact. And so you you guys should use that to your advantage to the athletes that are watching this because it's definitely a great tool to have. I, I 100% agree. I think that there's nothing wrong with having your profile uh, private. That, that doesn't scare me at all. Um, it's more just, you know, if I do become friends with you, <laughs> I want to, you know, make sure yeah. that it's um, things that, that are appropriate. And I think that, um, you know, if anyone were to go look at, at my girls, you know, they have pictures with their friends. They have pictures where, you know, they're at the restaurant and stuff. But it's all things that I wouldn't mind double clicking and liking because um, I know that it's, it's nothing wrong. It's nothing that's going to ruin our reputation yep. as a team and them as an athlete. And also you have donors and stuff that look at those things. So you have to be uh, on top of it. For sure, for sure. Well, look, Coach, thank you so much. I really, really appreciate your time today. And for those that are watching this, if you're interested in getting in contact with Coach, go visit um, their website. Go to Tarleton State University Women's Tennis. Feel free to email Coach. Check out them on social media, on Facebook, and also on YouTube. And follow their schedule. You know, they've got a great program, amazing facilities. I'm really excited to work with you and to send you our recruits. Um, and hopefully get you uh, some Australias and Kiwis over there. Yeah, I would love that. We, we, uh, we don't have that many here. We've had a few Australians uh, in the athletic department in the last few years, but uh, I think we, we need some more. So I'm happy to speak with, with any athlete, um, really in any sport, even if it's, if it's a different sport, you know, if I could just help out. I want uh, each student athlete to find the very best fit for them. So uh, however I can help uh, the, the young new generation coming up, then I'm uh, more than happy to help and I'm really excited. Awesome. Coach Douglas Myron, thank you so much. Appreciate your time. Have a fantastic evening. Thank you. You too. I'll talk to you guys soon. Bye. Bye.